What is happening? Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Wes Knight, and this is a Creating Space podcast, and I am running over the edges of my cup with gratitude right now. My heart is full of joy for the experience that I was given this past weekend. Being in Chattanooga, Tennessee, being invited by Lululemon, a company that I dream to be affiliated with as an athlete, a company that finally gave me an opportunity as an entrepreneur, finally gave me an opportunity as this budding, young, passionate, I don't even know what you would call myself right now, dream chaser, um, finally gave me a chance to be joined with other individuals who are like-minded, who are on a path of jumping the tracks of their own fear in their lives and living a life in pursuit of their own personal greatness. What an opportunity. It embodied everything that I talk about here on this podcast, everything that I'm implementing into my life as an ideology to live my life by, my core values, so to speak. What a great opportunity. From the onset, Lululemon did an incredible job in layering the level of mystique within the event. You never knew from moment one to the very end what was going to be in store. And let's be honest, it was held in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and no disrespect to any individuals from Chattanooga, Tennessee, but my level of knowledge for Chattanooga, Tennessee before getting into the city was slim to none. I mean, let's be honest, about the only thing I knew about Chattanooga was that it was in Tennessee. (laughs) So I decided that I was going to keep my expectations low. And boy, did Lululemon and the entire crew blow this experience out of the water. My expectations were exceeded 100 times over. And they did it with such intention. And here's how. The two overarching themes of the weekend were the two words, trust and choice. Now, these are two words that I knew had meaning, but I had no idea what they truly meant until this weekend. This weekend was the single most dynamic combination of communication, vulnerability, discomfort, fear-facing terror. There was a combination of deconstructive and constructive thought provocation. There was limit pushing in all different capacities. And I was so emotionally challenged that I was exhausted at the end of every single day. Now you're asking me, okay, Wes, what, what is it? Well, what it was, was Lululemon selected 22 of what they called heroes. And these heroes were individuals that exemplified the ability to jump the tracks of fear in their lives and chase the life of their dreams. So these were individuals, entrepreneurs, people who owned multiple businesses, people doing major, major things in their community. People from Atlanta, Orlando, Tennessee. There were a couple representatives from Charlotte. It was a mecca of just thought-provoking creatives, people who were on the cutting edge of their careers and were really pushing the boundaries. And let's be honest, when I looked around the room, when I looked around the circle that was forming when we began this entire event, the inner critic inside me felt like I didn't belong. From moment one, I felt inferior to the vast number of successes that surrounded me. 
And that was going to be the journey. Therein lied the trust. Therein lied the choice. So we were brought together in a hostel in the middle of the city of Chattanooga. And what you can do to, to kind of formulate this idea in your mind is to think like real world MTV meets health and wellness. So think hostel, think close eating, sleeping, breathing, showering quarters, and think documentary crew putting a camera in everyone's face at any moment during the experiences. Each one of these individuals, I must add, had an aura of greatness around them. And I was in awe of the various forms that greatness could manifest. I mean, there were people from all walks of life and all of them had the common thread of greatness. It was so impressive to be involved and even mentioned in the same name as these, these individuals. They breathed, they embodied, they exuded greatness, and it was obvious that they could succeed and were succeeding in their respective fields. So trust and choice. These were the two narratives that the entire weekend was constructed behind. Now, for me, prior to this experience, the word trust was a dry symbolism of an invisible agreement. Trust to me was a word tossed around with a slim regard for its innate power. You know, trust had no leverage in my life, no ability to really bind me between another person or even another idea. If I didn't have control over the context of the situation, I wasn't going to partake and there was going to be no trust given, right? So like even in relationships, romantic relationships with a female, if I felt like I could not trust the individual. I was only going to let them in arm's distance, right? I was, I would let you in, but only on my terms. This is what I felt trust was. And what I began to learn is my framing of trust had been constructed by my experiences in my life without me even understanding that it was constructing my understanding of trust. So what does this mean, right? Wes, what are you talking about? I'll tell you exactly what I'm talking about. Through all the experiences that we had, a number of experiences, I'll skip right to the chase. There were two situations where I had to exemplify trust. And here's where they happened. It was Saturday morning, and the only logistic that we knew was that at 9 o'clock, we needed to be showered, have a mini day bag packed, and we needed to be in the vans by 9 a.m., right? So there were 22 individuals piling into four separate vans, and we had no idea where we were going. We were just taking off, right? So we pop into these vans and everyone's excited. The mystique is real. Everyone's trying to figure out the mystery of where we're going. And four, get this, keep this in mind. There were four vans. We were the third in line. So there were two vans in front of us, right? And as we start to um, head towards the mountain and journey our way along the winding road of the mountain, all of a sudden, two of the vans in front of us, both vans in front, veer off to the right while our van continues to go to the left, right? Immediately, it is understood that A, we're either lost or B, we're not headed in the same direction anymore. We're going to two totally different destinations, right? And that's exactly what happened. They split the group up and they took both of the groups to totally different experiences. My first experience the two vans that were uh, headed the direction I was headed 
we were headed to a rock face and we were headed to hang glide. When we stepped out and saw the hang gliders flying across, soaring really across the sky in front of us, we could not believe that this is what we were going to be expected to do. Me, as an individual who hates turbulence and is a guy grabbing the sides of the chairs on an airplane every time the, the, the airplane will drop in a bit of turbulence, man, I was not about to do this. Oh, yeah, I was. Lululemon was going to make sure that I was going to face my fear that day. And not only that, because I had been so fortunate to be selected by Lululemon to be a focal point for the documentary, that meant I needed to be one of the first ones to go on the hang gliding expedition. I was freaking out, man. I was I was panicking from top to bottom. There were like visceral feelings, these vibrations running through my entire body. Fear was manifesting itself in like these emotional reactions inside of me. I was clenching up. Needless to say, I get on this hang glider, this crazy contrapment, if you think about it, just this, this bit of fiberglass and I don't know, a couple of steel rods running from side to side. And with this idea that we're going to follow this prop plane that is pulling us by this metal cord, right? And it's going to take off. It takes off and carries us behind it. I'm absolutely panicking. I think the the name of my of my guy, the guy flying my hang glider, think Alabama, maybe southern Alabama and think I believe his name might have been Cletus. But anyways, I can't remember his name, so don't quote me on that. But anyways, we're flying through the sky getting pulled by this airplane, right? And bear in mind all of a sudden, there's this snap, right? This audible snap. And that was the cord releasing from the airplane. And from that moment, all of the wind that was passing past my ear and creating this rush of noise went completely silent. And it was that eerie sound that you were about to start falling. For any of you who have ever cliff jumped, it was that moment where you just jump off before you start to really fall. And there's that quiet, almost eerie sense of silence before you begin the descent. At that moment, I let out probably the loudest scream I've screamed. It's just pure terror that I screamed as this guy dipped and glided around the mountaintops. I mean, the only direction that I could look was directly over his back, over the mountains. I could not even bear to look straight down because I felt like I was going to pass out. And I would rather, I hate passing. The thought of passing out is even scarier than the thought of crashing to my death from a hang gliding session. So I was absolutely paralyzed in fear, telling the guy from minute number three, like, hey, man, seriously, you need to take my ass down, like, right right now, man. I'm, I'm panicking. I'm freaking out. And no matter what I could do, I could not overcome my fear of the situation. I could not break the threshold and let go. I could not find a way to let go. I kept grasping and clinging to the fear. And I couldn't understand why. 
So needless to say, it was 15 minutes of the most torturous situation ever. I finally get my feet on the ground. I'm checking my pants for like stool. It's the most embarrassing situation because I'm, I'm obviously like rattled. I'm shaking. The documentary team comes running up to me right at the very end of it. They're asking me for questions. I can't even formulate a sentence because I'm terrified and I'm just embarrassed, right? Um, here's this athlete who's supposed to be uh, a tough guy or, or perceivably I, I feel like maybe I should be a tough guy, right? Like I work out, whatever. Maybe, maybe they perceive me to be adventurous and tough and I totally wet the bed, man. I was the scariest individual up in that moment that could have existed, right? When the hang glider uh, hit the ground. He yelled to the guy in the golf cart that he needed a shot of whiskey. Like I was cussing, saying every word in the book up there. Anyways, to cut to the chase. An hour later, after finally coming down off of that uh, emotional like uh, high, we were forced to go directly to a 2,000-foot rock face, 2,000 feet in the air, and we were to scale down this rock face with nothing but a rope attached to us. And if you know anything about rappelling, it's literally walking down the side of the mountain with a little handbrake and a rope and maybe a hat that you are fully aware that will never save you from any fall to your death. Right. And so you go immediately from facing this incredible fear, at least for me, for other individuals, it was a glorious experience in the hang gliding experience. But for me, it was terrible to straight to this rock face where you have to literally moonwalk your way down the side of a mountain. So I was pushed to my limits. And not only that, over the side of the mountain, on one side, there were two different areas where you could rappel down. And as I climbed down one side of it, there was an area, that a, a pretty distinguishable ledge that you could stand on and rest if you needed. And I decided that in order to get my wits together, that I was going to rappel down to the ledge. I was going to refocus, um, get myself back in gear, and then I was going to rappel down the same way. Now, my fear of, of going over the edge was not anywhere near that of one of the other heroes in the event. She was overcome with such fear. And I watched from that ledge as this human being was faced with what looked to be the most terrifying experience of her life. The energy that she had was, was on high alert her fight or flight signals were being flushed all throughout her body. She was terrified and she was paralyzed by the situation with tears running down her face and horror written all on her face. I saw the moment where she decided she made a choice that she was no longer going to be paralyzed by her fear. And although it wasn't uh, a significant shift where she decided that she was going to hop down the side of the mountain face as a pro, she took one step and one step turned to two and two steps turned to three. And eventually the wind 
wore away and dried the tears from her eyes. She had closed off that fear, and therein lied closing off the tear ducts, and then therein lied closing off her greatness. She had opened a channel to her greatness, and she began. She began to chase the fear out of her mind, and the fear no longer had any life because she wasn't feeding to it. So naturally, I decided to go as well. And as we got down to the bottom, we shared our experiences. And she said, I'd never been as terrified in my life, but I've never been so thankful that I overcame my fear. And I thought about it. It hit me like a ton of bricks. And as I look back on it, I've never been pushed that far out of my comfort zone in my life either. And what I'm so thankful for this weekend is for understanding that fear comes to us in many different ways. The first and most important aspect of fear is recognizing that you have fear. And from that moment, then you can decide what to do with your fear. Now, I am from the mindset that anything that you give energy to in life expands. Anything that you feed will grow, right? So if you're a farmer and you put out the best quality fertilizer for the soil to harvest your crops and you spend all day watering and aerating and making sure that the environment for your crops is pristine, there is a high likelihood that your quality of crop will be top level. Now, that exact same theory can be given towards your fears. The more you feed into your fears, the more life you give your fear, whatever they may be. My fear was control, lack thereof, actually, the ability to not have control over situations. And not only that, what I realized on an even deeper level when I went to deconstruct what actually my fear was, it was the fact that I wanted control because I didn't want to be vulnerable. I didn't want to be exposed. I didn't want to be seen as soft or emotional or sensitive. I had an aha moment that day. And what I realized even more so is that that inner critic, that one that does not want me to to admit the fact that I am a sensitive male who does have emotions and does enjoy being vulnerable and real and authentic, that doesn't make me weak. That doesn't make me even feminine. What that makes me is courageous. What it makes me is a new breed of man that is going to exist far beyond the context of the masculinity which has suited humanity until today, right? And I was later fed further affirmation of that by a beautiful human being who sat me down and she said, Wes, what are you struggling with? I can see that you're struggling. And Because I was challenging myself to stay in that vulnerable state and not to run when I felt uncomfortable, I said to her, you know what? I'm afraid of the fact that I do have a sensitive side, 
And I'm afraid of the fact that I don't know how to be vulnerable and I don't know how to exist in a vulnerable space for a continued period of time. And she said, Wes, look, you've got to look at what it is that you're afraid of and you got to deconstruct your belief system around it. And this was a huge awakening for me. This made me realize that the belief system around being vulnerable as a male had been constructed by no right of my own. I had no control over the way that I was raised and the way society raised me and the way the locker room raised me and the way sports raised me. That men are not supposed to talk about their feelings, definitely not supposed to cry and definitely not supposed to be sensitive or all in their feels, right? All I did was deconstruct the way that I had learned it. I looked at my belief systems and then I started to deconstruct it. I had to break the belief system down to its purest form so I could take a look at it, a, a real look inside of the insecurity to see it for what it really was. And when I did, when I noticed that all it was was a belief system that was of no control of my own, I decided to take control over that belief system. And ever since making that what I call educated decision, I took back control over how I view myself. And for the past day and a half, I've looked at myself with grace. I've looked at myself as if I'm good enough and I've silenced the inner critic. I've not given it any energy to grow. It is okay. And you can be great. And what you do have is enough. So what I challenge you to do today is to create space from the belief systems that no longer serve you and let go of control. Trust that you have done enough to get to the point you are today and to decide to love yourself because where you are right now, you're supposed to be there. What you're doing right now, you're supposed to be doing it. And if you're not happy with it, it's part of the journey and it's leading you to your greatness. But be gentle and trust yourself, trust your surroundings, and trust the people who are put in place to support you. Because when you let go, you let in love and you let in acceptance and you let in growth. And that, my friends, is the most important part of your journey in life. The constant pursuit to grow, to evolve, and to pursue the best version of yourself. I'm so appreciative for you and all of the other individuals who are there with me in this experience. Thank you, Lululemon. Thank you, Chattanooga. And everyone in the Creating Space tribe, thank you for continuing to come back, fuel yourself with more inspiration to go out and make a real difference in your own life, and then going on to make a big difference in your community. But just like going down that rock face, all it takes is just one step against your fears. Just take that step, and one step will turn into a leap. And before you know it, You'll be chasing yourself, your greatness, 
and you'll be existing in your happiness. Have a great Mindset Monday, guys. Keep your week going strong. We'll see you on Thursday. Hey, Comet Blue, take us to that glorious tune that started off the show for us. Watch the sun come out. Watch the sun come out. Driving out the clouds.